Hey DT fam, we have another pleasure podcast podcast for you to check out. The Horny Housewife hosted by Jordan Hakes is a hilarious podcast that takes on a more fun conversational approach to how to navigate relationships and most specifically marriages. Check out this clip from her show and let us know what you think. The Horny Housewife Podcast, the co-ed locker room where I, Jordan, your host, discuss the realities of sex and marriage, the evolution of sex and long-term relationships, dating your spouse, and inspiring creativity in the bedroom, spicing it up, mixing it up, whatever you want to call it. It's time to get intentional about the pleasure you desire to experience. Every week, expect to talk a little shit, learn some new things, and I'm answering your relatable and oh-so-interesting listener questions. Tune in every Monday for a new episode of the Horny Housewife Podcast. (laughs) Welcome back, Double Teamed Fam. How are we doing today? We are recording with a podcast that is very near and dear to our hearts. Not only are they in the same network as us and, you know, we talk a bunch, but they also cover non-monogamy. So this is a, a, a an alignment. So welcome, Emily, from Multi Amory Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. We're thrilled. Yay. <laughs> I've been, I've, I want to record with all three of you at one point. I agree. I Jason Dedeker, who are my co-hosts, yes. are in Seattle. And so often we have to record all over the world or they're recording in Seattle and I'm usually in Los Angeles. So we tend to like almost never record together, which is really unfortunate. Did there they is used to live nice. here? They did. Okay, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then they moved a few years ago, like during the pandemic. Uh-huh. So... And sometimes, honestly, I was in Hong Kong for two months and they were in Japan. And so we we truly have to record. Oh, just, wow. Yeah, yeah. All across the globe. Do you like the uh, Nikki and I suck at virtual recording. So that's mm. why we just like, yeah, we gave them a try and it was like, well, we had nothing but technical issues with them. So yeah. that's why now we're like, we'll only do in person. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I don't mind it. I think because we've gotten so used to it over the mm-hmm. years. Dedeker was for a very long time called a digital nomad and so Mm. she truly was all over the world and so we had to kind of get used to it and get good at it from a really early time yeah and i think it works fine for us obviously it's not quite as intimate but you can still as long as you know what you're doing i think that you can still do a good job Mm -hmm. in a podcast yeah from across the globe and you guys have been doing this show like what 2014 something like that. yeah exactly i thought you were gonna say like 29 years no it (laughs) feels like it yeah this is we're entering into our ninth year which is really incredible to say because just thinking about how young we were when we started it and now all of us are kind of in this very different place in our lives than we were when we started it as well so well i'm sure your audience loves that because they've probably you know gotten to watch you guys like grow up in a way that's true you know evolve and morph into different people absolutely yeah i love that i feel like even in the just you know two years that we've been doing our show or just yeah i guess it's about two years yeah two years yeah you know like sometimes i look back at our old episodes and i'm like oh my god i don't even recognize who that is yeah no likewise and just the quality was so so bad back in the day we yeah we archived i think our first 75 episodes because we were like nobody needs to listen to those like please (laughs) nobody just don't and so after that like the quality started to get better but I remember 
we were huddled like underneath a blanket around one microphone and it was so hot. Like you don't want, you know, a bunch of air conditioning to be going on. So it was really hot in our Valley apartment, Jason, my apartment. And the three of us were like doing a podcast that way, way back in the day in 2014. So yeah, I I don't recommend listening to those and I'm glad that they are gone and scrubbed from the world at this point. I told her we I told Kami we should archive some of our old episodes. Yeah. But yeah. you yeah. can just like redo them maybe like <laughs> if if there's a similar topic that you can maybe like do an updated version of them. We've done that with quite a few of our episodes. We had, I like that. I think we could do an updated version of the the penis size episode. Oh. Oh, oh my god, that's a great idea. But cuz that one still is like the number one question. Does Size really? matter. Oh wow. Question does size matter? What do you think? Oh gosh. I don't think it necessarily <laughs> does. No way. It just is I I size is, you know, it, there's so much that you can do with a with a penis regardless of what size it is. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's it all, doesn't it doesn't really matter. That's <laughs> what I've told people to I'm like I I definitely agree that like there are some sizes can have, you know, some challenges like you know, too big can be overwhelming True. or like sometimes like, you know, if you're kind of in the in the micro range, maybe like you can feel kind of intimidated as mm-hmm. to what to do with it as well. But for the most part, I always tell people I'm like, no, it's just like, I don't I don't know. I've had a variety of experiences with like a variety of sizes exactly. and have all been amazing. So, yeah, Anyways. we did. I had a conversation with Dedeker recently and she was talking to me about a partner and she was like, yeah, there is a point at which size becomes a little bit too big and then it's very intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if I want that, you know, coming near me. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, away. exactly. When it comes, it becomes no. a little bit scary. But I think, yeah, for the most part, it's all good. Love that. Well, I was going to say speaking of archived episodes, um, I remember we had a listener that was like, I just finished all your episodes. I'm going back and listening from the start. And I'm like, why? I was like, wait, no, not the first 10. That's amazing. That's dedication right there. That's awesome. Well, I mean, right now I think we have now we have 80, 88 episodes, something That's like awesome. that. That's awesome. So, yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, I can't so, um, <laughs> but I, I think when they had sent that, that was a few months back. So I was like, I was like, thank you. I'm flattered. But also like, okay, <laughs> the quality is like, we also started in my apartment. Really? I know I was going to say your yeah. origin story sounded so much like ours. Exactly. It was like, it was one microphone, the two of us in Cammy's apartment, wow. trying to make sure there was like no noise, yeah. even though you can hear like, you know, the sirens going off because it's the middle of Los Angeles, you know? Absolutely. And um, so, yeah. And okay. quality was okay, but. Wait, I have a question better. because you said you and Jace's apartment. Yeah. So tell me, tell me how y'all started. Um, I know our listeners would probably love to hear about how Multi-Amory began. Sure. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, I don't I, know if everyone knows your origin story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Jason and I were monogamous for quite a few years. We met in 2010 and started dating and lived together and then sort of had like a period of a brief breakup and realized through that breakup, hey, I think we should try non-monogamy. It was Jason's idea and... I was kind of not particularly on board at first, but then after a while, I realized that I had some people in my life that I was interested in from college and people that I Mm. had never slept with, but kind of wanted to and to see where that went. And so I ended up going to San Diego and sleeping with a guy that I was really infatuated with when I was a senior in college. And finally, we slept together 
And I came back up to LA from San Diego and I was like, okay, yeah, I think I can do this. Um, and so Jason and I were polyamorous after that for a while. And we met Dedeker online. I actually met her partner who she was, you know, I think primaried with is the correct term to use for what they were at the time. Mm -hmm. And I started dating him and then okay. Cupid back then. Mm -hmm. And I think now still too was linked to the two profiles were linked together. And mm -hmm. so we saw Dedeker's profile from his. And so Jace started dating Dedeker. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it, that, you know, continued on for a while. And in the middle of that, we realized that there weren't a lot of options out there for non-monogamous people in like podcast form or even that many books. There was The Ethical Slut and Opening Up by Tristan Terramino, but not a huge amount of resources out there for non-monogamous people. Mm -hmm. And for whatever stupid reason, I don't know, Jace, it, Jace was really into podcasts even way back then. But for whatever reason, we were like, yeah, we could do this. We could talk about non-monogamy and what we're learning and try to, you know, have an educational perspective about it. And so we started a podcast in August of 2014. And as I said, it was not great at first and we made a lot of mistakes and we also went on Reddit and <laughs> learned all the things that people didn't like about our show, <laughs> which was actually really beneficial, I think, to us because we realized, okay, we're rambling too much at the beginning. Mm. There are segments that are not, it, not interesting to people that we should be cutting out. And what people really want from our show is education and value and specific topics that we can research and try to figure out, okay, you know, what are some things that happen when you're in non-monogamy, like jealousy mm -hmm. and also, you know, any of the, the topics that tend to come up along those lines. And I think it sort of morphed into what it is today, which it's become very much like an educational research-backed podcast where we, you know, go and research a topic. We may even look up studies on it and then sort of try to regurgitate that information back to the audience. Mm -hmm. And they also give us uh, a lot of great ideas for podcast episodes as well. Love that. In terms of relationship, um, Jace and I are no longer together. And I also was with Dedeker for a brief time during that as well. And we were a triad. But I'm not with either of them anymore. However, they are still together. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually monogamous now. I've been with a partner for, gosh, eight years. Oh, so wow. for a long time, yeah, and I live with him. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, the great thing is that I'm still such great friends with Jason Dedeker and we're business partners. And it's wonderful to know that you can be friends with yeah. people that you are exes with yeah. and still make that relationship work and even thrive, I think, more effectively than it used to. Question with your partner that you're monogamous with, with currently, mm -hmm. did it start off non-monogamous and then kind of switch into monogamy? It did, yeah. we Because, I mean, I was non-monogamous when I met him. I was okay. still dating Jason Dedeker and other people as well. And we tried non-monogamy for a while, but I, I think he's definitely more monogamous leaning. Mm. And I, I have you heard of the term ambi-amorous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think ambi-amorous is just essentially being able to sort of take on the relationship style and structure of whatever, you know, fits the relationship at that point. Mm -hmm. 
And I certainly could do non-monogamy again. And, you know, maybe that would be something that he would want to explore as well. But at this point, it seems like it's best for the relationship to be in monogamous. So mm -hmm. that's where we're at at this point. And it's nice to have that varied perspective, I think, on the podcast, because the two of them have remained polyamorous for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I am the monogamous kind of facing person mm -hmm. of the show. <laughs> the diversity hire. You know, yeah, no, well, <laughs> it's, it's good to, it's good to, yeah, I think have both because yeah. we have people who listen to the show who are not necessarily non-monogamous as well. Yeah, no, I love it. And I agree because... Because, you know, I will say when, when I started the show, I was very like pro non-monogamy, which I still am. And like, I wouldn't say that I was like anti-monogamy, but mm. I just like, I was in that phase where I was so like, oh my God, everyone just needs to like screw monogamy. A hundred percent. However, you know, I, I definitely recognize that like my marriage, for example, it had started off monogamous and, you know, I really cherished that time. And then, you know, we switched to non-monogamy. Um, now we're divorced. It's a whole nother story, but, oh, wow. but um, you know, it worked for us then. And then we switched to non-monogamy and that worked for us then. And so it's like, you know, it can, you know, sometimes like one or the other may fit your life and differently or like better or whatever, um, you know, depending on kind of like where you are in that phase, you know, the partner that you're with, like your goals around that life, you know, around that era. So um, now I kind of champion more so for like the fluidity of like understanding like what best fits, you know, your life and like what your goals are, whatever. You know, so, yeah, I don't know. Totally, I yeah. agree. Yeah. I was going to say, I love that y'all, you know, <clears throat> sorry, my, I have congestion. Anyways, um, I love that, you know, you both, you all three started, you know, you and Jace were together and Dedeker came into the picture and then you became, you know, you started the podcast and now they're dating. And like you said, like a perfect example of a couple or, you know, couples, triad, mm -hmm. whatever, that, you know, ends things but continues in, you know, a friend way, in, you know, partnership way that looks different but is still healthy, supportive, loving, all those things. Because, yeah, break, I mean, I'm going through a breakup right now and it's oh, really gosh. hard. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, I, I always have the hope that, like, of course, he and I can, you know, remain friends to some degree mm -hmm. and, you know, just because the relationship wasn't working, you know, the care and the love is still there. So, you know, if, some, if yeah. that can turn into a friendship, that would be great. So I yeah. hope that for you as well. I know Thanks. breakups are really tough and it's tough to, you know, not know what the trajectory of that relationship is going to be. And I think time does help and yeah. it can heal some wounds at least, or, or make them not be as challenging as they once were, mm -hmm. especially in the moment. So yeah. I agree. And it, it is nice. It's just a testament, I think, to our commitment to each other as uh, friends and as business partners that we are like, yeah, we're going to make this relationship work. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's in a different capacity than it once was. Nice. And I think that just the foundation of the relationship, obviously, I think there's, you know, you can really see the respect that you have for each other. If after, you know, a breakup or like a change in the dynamic or a de-escalation, you know, obviously like everyone needs a little bit of time to kind of let feelings dissipate and whatnot. But like, if you still see that respect and that care afterwards, I think that always goes to show for like, you know, the, the kind of true like love and respect that you had for each other. Yeah. Cause it's always like, you know, when you see like the cattiness come out and all of that and the, you know, the vindictiveness, that's when you're like you, I've all, I, or at least in those situations, that's when I, I question, you know, the validity of of kind of like the respect for each other prior to the relationship. But 
I, my divorce was very amicable. Really? Think, yeah, yeah that's and I think great. for that as well, it was like a, a true testament to like, you know, the, the foundation and the friendship that we built. Yeah, and the respect know. for one another. Exactly, and all of that, yeah. You know, yeah, it's funny, because I've met you and Dedeker. I've mm-hmm. not met Jace. But oh, wow, I, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> that's true. But when I met you and Dedeker, y'all both gave off like the same energy to me. And Interesting. And I was like, I can definitely see why, you know, they're, they're friends and they were, you know, together in the past. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. So Jace has a type. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, and it's funny because Dedeker also has a type. She's dated a lot of people that are like really into tech and really nerdy, and you know, just yeah, these types of guys for sure. Um, so I know it's funny. We kind of it's interesting when you're non-monogamous and you can kind of see like, wow, am I dating the same type of person over and over again, <laughs> or is this an opportunity for me to branch out and kind of date someone that I may not have been necessarily interested in immediately? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you get this question a lot and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but do you miss non-monogamy? I think and I figured that you might ask this question. <laughs> what I think is something that you don't do as much when you're monogamous. There are certain parts of non-monogamy that you have to be working on yourself mm-hmm. in, I think. And when you're monogamous, you don't have to work on the part of yourself that's like, if I see my partner with another person, how mm-hmm. am I going to react to that mm-hmm. or internal work? I think of that type. Yep. And so I miss the opportunity at times to be able to do that. But I think a lot of the things that you get in non-monogamy, you can find in other areas of your life as well. If you prioritize them hmm. such as intimacy with another person in a variety of ways, it may not necessarily look sexual, right? Uh, but it can still be a really emotional intimacy that can yeah. happen. So I try to prioritize friendships mm-hmm. and Jason Dedeker are a part of that for sure. And I think that I'm super vulnerable with the two of them and, you know, having relationships with a therapist or another type of trusted friend or family, all mm-hmm. of those things are, I think relationships that a lot, it get kind of pushed to the wayside in traditional monogamous senses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the, we so often, I think, as a society, try to frame the nuclear family as the most important thing. Yeah. And that's it. And yeah. everything else should be secondary. And I think that if you prioritize, like, I'm going to make sure that my other relationships in my life are extremely important to me, then you can still get a lot of the same things that non-monogamy offers you. Mm-hmm. So no, I agree. Yeah. I, I try to make sure that my life is inclusive of those things as well, even if I'm not having sex with multiple people. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm, I'm bisexual, so I do miss that aspect of it. I yeah. haven't. You know, I haven't had a threesome or been with a woman in a very long time. And that's challenging at times because no. I miss that part of my life. But yeah, I've talked with my partner about it and he and I may revisit that again in the future. Oh, I Ooh. love so. that. I'm manifesting that for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I had my birthday yesterday and I was like, yeah, I think I think we're, we're moving into a period of life where that could maybe be mm-hmm. a thing again. So we'll see. Love that. Yeah. I was going to ask you, especially since you've had kind of, you know, uh, experience with both monogamy and non-monogamy pretty extensively, you know, and I've thought about this, how I would answer this too sometimes, but, um, what do you think monogamy could learn from non-monogamy and vice versa? Well, what I just talked about is a big one for sure. 
it's not deprioritizing other things and people in your life to a degree that I think so many mm-hmm. of us are taught that we should. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also I think prioritizing independence mm. and the ability to like work on oneself and not just stagnate. I think that growth internally because right. so many people do, they're kind of like, I'm partner now, so I'm good yeah. and that's it. And I don't need to continue working on who I am as a person and developing my own interests outside of this partnership. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think regardless of what relationship structure you're in, you definitely should be looking at because the, you know, we only move forward. We're only swimming forward until our eventual death. And I think we might as well be working to be the best, truest parts of ourselves and, and best version of ourselves that we possibly can, mm-hmm. you know, for the trajectory of our lives. And yeah, I, I just would say additionally, in non-monogamy, you can choose in a lot of ways what it is that your relationship is going to look like. And I think monogamy, there's so many prescriptive things that we just believe, okay, monogamy is going to look like this. It means I have to live with this person. It means if I'm going to have kids, they're going to be with this person Mm -hmm. and all of those types of things as well. And in non-monogamy, I think you can decide I'm going to have kids maybe with the best friend and raise them, or I'm never going to live with a partner and Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be solo, solo polyamorous, for instance, And I think it would be great if those in monogamous relationships could also pick and choose what it was that they wanted out of their specific relationship. Mm -hmm. And that that would be okay and not taboo. Yeah. You know, I I think that a lot of people are starting to move away from the idea that I have to live with the person that I'm sleeping with. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're not compatible. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. At 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's great to be able to be with a friend in that capacity that maybe you live way better with or Mm -hmm. alone or any number of things. So there's a lot, honestly, that people who are monogamous (laughs) can learn from non-monogamy. And I personally try to implement some of those things into my life and relationship as well. Yeah. I love that you said the the thing about growth because, you know, at the tail end of monogamy for my ex-husband and I, I was like, well, how old was I? I'm trying to think. It was right before 2017. So we would have been, mm. I don't know, like mid-20s, I think it was. Like 24, 25. I really can't do the math off the top of my head. Anyways, but right before that, I was like starting to feel old. And I was like, because I feel like I wasn't really like growing. And I was like, and we were really kind of like settling into anything, you know, everything. We had like a house and like, you know, and I was just like starting to feel like I'd kind of like reached like the peak of my 20s or like the peak of like, I was like, and then I was starting to freak out because I'm like, oh my God, I'm starting to get closer to 30 than I am to 20 and (laughs) and like all these things. And then whenever we started non-monogamy, I felt like, it felt like a rebirth and I, yeah. and like starting to do all that growth again and like, you know, kind of meeting so many new versions of myself and everything. I felt like a baby. Wow. I was like, what the fuck was I thinking that I was getting old at 25? I'm like, I am a child. Yeah. So, and you know, and I think, you know, now I'm 29 near 30 and I feel like, you know, it's like I have the whole world ahead of me. And so I think sometimes that like internal growth, that non-monogamy really forces out of you. Um, really, and then it, honestly, it has been kind of one of my most favorite things about non-monogamy. I've met so many different versions of myself, yeah. you know, throughout my whole process in it and my journey and whatnot. And like that to me is like what I love the most about it. But yeah, 
I am trying to think though, like what non-monogamy can learn from monogamy. And I'm like, it's not loyalty, <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know how to answer that yeah, one. That's a really good question. Cause there's definitely loyalty in non-monogamy. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Um, I know. That's what I was trying to think. I, I know. Like, all of us are like, is there anything? <laughs> I don't know. And if not, there is anything, listener, why don't you let us know in the I know, comments right? below? That's, was, that's what I was thinking when I when I came up with that question. I was like, oh, wait. I'm like, I don't know how to answer like the reverse. Fit. I was curious to see if you had anything. But it, 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 it did kind of stump me. Um, but I also think, you know, it is, you know, like you were saying, monogamy does come with so many of kind of like those like... Um, Shit, what was the term also, you used? quit grabbing your mic. Oh, can you I tell? Just, duh, 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 yeah. Oh, my bad. I didn't realize yeah. that. I don't have the headphones, so I don't know. Anyways, yeah. you know, um, because the the framework for monogamy has been so laid out and there are all these things and all the, you know, the boxes that you got to check and da, 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 that like it, it feels like a very kind of um, standard mold, like you said, that not a lot of people can like break out of. So I feel like in some ways, you know, it doesn't really get the opportunity to become something that like it can... It can be, you know, where someone can grow and whatnot just because, like, of all the things that, like, society has already placed on it. So, it's yeah, interesting. Totally. But yeah, I don't know. Well, and another thing we want to talk about was y'all have a book coming up. Hey, DT fam, you know how important STD testing is and how often we discuss it on our show, which is why I'm super stoked to be working with stdcheck.com. So whether you are with a new partner or you just want to stay on top of your sexual health, maybe you have multiple partners or maybe you went to a sex party and forgot to use a condom, whatever it is, it is super important for you to be maintaining your sexual health and that obviously includes STD testing. So stdcheck.com is the leader in reliable and affordable lab-based STD testing. I've done this many times, so I'm definitely a big fan of this. Basically, you order your test online and then go right to one of their certified labs, get your testing done, no doctor visit is required, and then you do get your results emailed to you in about two days. What I love about stdcheck.com obviously is it offers confidential and convenient STD testing. This is how I typically do my testing, especially when I want to do a full, full panel. So with multiple online payment options, it's super easy to set up and also you just have that peace of mind. If you're looking for a super convenient way to go get tested, head on to stdcheck.com. Dot com. And right now, stdcheck.com is offering our listeners $10 off your order. So go to doubleteamedfam.com. Of course, we'll have that linked in the episode description. Click on STD check and use code DTF to get $10 off your next STI test. That's doubleteamedfam.com. Click on STD check and use code DTF to go get tested. And this is just a great way to support our show while you're taking care of your sexual health. So thank you guys. Go get tested. We I know do. that's been like the journey of your podcast. And I, not when actually, who was it? Good Moms Bad Choices also just came out with it. The, they did. Yeah. yeah. So I love to see. I can't wait to read all these books. I know, it so. feels like a year for a lot of books coming out. I know quite a few non-monogamous books and then also sex positive books and things along those lines coming out. Love and that. our book is called Multi-Amory colon Essential Tools for Modern Relationships. Yeah. 
And I'm glad you said the title because I was like, it was a little long. Yeah, like, it's long. You're like, wait, wait, I have to memorize that. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and I will say our book is definitely not a polyamory how to. Mm-hmm. It is a collection of our different tools that we've created over the years for relationships. And you can use those tools in any type of relationship, whether yeah, you're applicable to any of them. Yes. Yeah. Monogamous, non-monogamous, etc. for sure. Love that. I, uh, and it's great. And we had started doing the whole proposal process back in 2019. So oh, it's been wow. four years. Yeah. And now finally, finally it's coming out on May 23rd of this year. So we're How super exciting. excited. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Amazon or where is it going to be sold? Uh, everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. on Amazon, Simon and Schuster, Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Uh, indie bookstores for sure. Perfect. Any of the above. Yeah. Are there going to be hard copies? Oh, yes. Okay, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. No, this was a, a traditional publisher. Um, and so it, you can find it wherever. But I, there will be ebook and then also hard copies. And then we are in the midst of trying to figure out, uh, an audio book as well. So Ooh. excited for that. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I so, like y'all's voices too. Oh, so. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, so the three of you co-wrote this, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. And that's a whole thing as well. Like co-writing a book with three people, it can be a challenge, but we had to sit down and in very much like our episodes, we color coded like the outline essentially to every single chapter. This person's going to take this thing and that person's going to take this section. And then we sort of put it all together and then reread everyone's, you know, sections and rewrote things and stuff along those lines. So So we were able to put it all together then. So is each section kind of like an individual voice or it's everyone contributing to everyone contributing? Yeah. Yeah. And then we also have breakout sections that are like, Emily says, blah, 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 about this particular thing, or, you know, giving my own sort of anecdotal take on something Mm. and they do the same thing. So yeah, it's fun. I'm curious, you know, and obviously each of you are kind of bringing your own perspectives into it and everything, but like, what are you hoping that the readers see from your voice? Like what, what are you hoping to like portray with it? Sure. I mean, these tools are things that I know our audience really appreciates and uses a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them, for instance, is our radar tool. And that is uh, a tool essentially that is for, creating like a state of the union essentially for the relationship that you do on a monthly basis or a, you know, bi-monthly basis or something along those lines. So you can sit with a partner in a safe space and discuss a variety of things about, you know, different topics like sex, money, household, Mm -hmm. things along those lines and really discuss like, did we have a fight this month? What are the things that we did really well this month as a couple? What are things we want to improve on? And then creating action points to say, okay, next month, within this next month, I'm going to make sure that I text you in the middle of the day because you said that you wanted to, to feel closer to me in some way. And so it's coming together to create those different things that will hopefully make the relationship better. And then it, the next month you kind of see how you did mm. and see what are other areas that we can improve upon. Sounds like, like our that. therapy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so Katie and I have a joint therapist. Oh, and- nice. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, when we moved back in together after my divorce and her split, mm. um, you know, living with your twin after some very big changes, comes with some challenges. So when you said all that, I'm like, we literally have, we have weekly meetings where we discuss everything, but we also have like check-ins where we like, you know, talk about like our feelings. We have our therapy sessions, all of that. 
So I, when you were talking about that, I'm like, this sounds familiar. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which goes to show like, you know, those kind of tools can, can apply to any relationship. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people use it like with their roommates or yeah. with their family, anything yeah. along those lines. And it's great because we're hoping to sort of diminish the day-to-day need for stuff like that. Like you get in the middle of a really big fight and you're like, hey, why don't we set this down for now and mm-hmm. maybe come back to it once we have our radar and then we can discuss it when we're not as emotionally charged, yeah. when we're not feeling as shitty about this particular thing. We can come like with a clearer head. And so, yeah, we we wanted to make sure that those moments happen less and less, hopefully, mm-hmm. and that instead of needing to do that on a day-to-day basis or on a week-to-week basis, you can kind of come and do it in this safe space and really talk about it without those charged emotions. I'm curious, how often do you and your partner have like radar sessions? Generally, it's uh, month to month. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And yes, I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't talk about things right. as they come up, but hopefully it will diminish the need to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I always, I mean, that's always kind of been my recommendation because we started off with check-ins and I think we did monthly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we the, as in you and your husband. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My ex-husband and I, yeah, when we started off with non-monogamy, um, we started doing more check-ins. But I would say, like, monthly, I would say before that when we were monogamous, we probably still did every, like, maybe every couple of months. It wasn't, like, formal, though. Sure. We didn't really kind of have, like, a formal structure to it until much later. Um, but, yeah, I just remember, like, whenever I first got married and we would, like, have these fights all the time mm. and, like, these big, like, blowouts and da 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 Finally, I was like, I think we need to start like, you know, setting time aside to like, you know. So it's funny how everyone kind of comes to those kind of things. Granted, some people never implement it into their relationships. But for the people that do, like, I mean, everyone that I've ever recommended something of that kind of like, you know, similar structure to, they always say it like works out great. Or like when people see that like on, you know, other podcasts or whatever, they're like, oh, my God, this is a great idea. And I'm like, it seems so simple you know, and you think like, oh, that makes, you know, that's a no brainer. Exactly. But like not everyone, I think, thinks to like necessarily set aside the time for that. And, like and I think any relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it can be daunting to a lot of people or just True. not that yeah. interesting to some people. Some people might be like, wait, I have to, you know, sit down and talk about my relationship. My feelings. Like that's a, yeah. Like that <laughs> sounds a scary or be boring mm-hmm. or just not something that I even want to go there. And so I think it's great, though, when you have a few of those behind you. And when you've done it enough to see like, Hey, this is a pattern with us. Like Mm, we're doing mm -hmm. this thing over and over again. What do we need to be doing in order to make that not happen and break that cycle and break that pattern? Mm -hmm. That's huge. So I think it's super important because it's hard to like granularly look at your relationship when you're in it every day, Mm -hmm. when you're in like the mud in the muck and Mm -hmm. working through something. And when you can kind of like, look at it from 30,000 feet. We also keep a Google document of like notes about Mm. what happened, you know, in that specific radar. And I think that's really important too, because you can look back over the years that you do it potentially and kind of see the progress that you've made. It's like a journal. Yeah. Yeah. But a journal that you do with your significant other. Like a joint journal. Exactly. That's definitely a step above what I ever... (laughs) because <laughs> yeah. I never wrote it down. We always just like had our talks. We're like, yeah, oh, and I that's, that's, that's great. But yeah, no, it, that's super like organized. I love it. I can definitely tell one of sure. those before we go for sure. Oh, <laughs> that would be Dedeker. That would be Dedeker. Yes. I yeah. love that. No, for sure. But I think that's really important and it's nice to be able to 
to see like celebrate the the things that have gone well in your relationship as well mm-hmm. and to see like hey we're not doing that anymore like good for us oh, yeah. let's go out and celebrate and you know implement a new thing into our relationship maybe Love threesomes that. yes there <laughs> you go <laughs> i appreciate that yes i appreciate that <laughs> i will say i look back on my journal sometimes and um and i've been journaling since kind of like the beginning of my marriage so mm. by now you know well, I'm not married anymore, but 10 years or so. And um, sometimes I look back and it's just like, yeah, I like, I love the perspective of it. And so like, it would be so interesting to like do that jointly, like with a relationship and yeah. kind of what you're saying about that, like um, different perspective. I find definitely non-monogamy that like when I'm like thinking about one of my relationships and like, um, you know, trying to sort through something, then I like shift to the perspective of another relationship and then I can see the problems from that relationship, like completely yeah. different. And yeah. then you're like, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> and and <then>. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. Because it, so often I think we bring the problems from the past into our current relationships. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that sucks because you also expect like everyone to act the same. Like I expect sometimes my partner to do the same thing that Jace did. And that's yeah. not going to be what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it's tough because there's that baggage that happens for better or for worse. And you have to realize like these people are different. And in Mm non-monogamy, you may have a variety of people that are different in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. They all being together like, it's you. (laughs) You're the one with the Gosh. And sometimes it is us. It is, you know, the person that is kind of the common denominator there, but that's good to look at too. And to realize. Yeah. Sometimes you have to look at the patterns that you create. Yes. Okay, I need to. Now I have to break this. Yeah. 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 Is your current partner, um, are they like good friends with Jace and Dedeker as well? I wouldn't say good friends. Not friends. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, the Jace and Dedeker and I kind of have our own separate relationship. Yeah, for sure. Um, But we all met. (laughs) There's like a, there was for a long time kind of like a frat house in Santa Monica that a bunch of like sort of nerdy adult frat house nerdy people would go to and like have a bunch of parties and stuff. Yeah. And my, my current partner lived there. And so. I started dating him when Jace and I would go to those parties. Mm. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I <Yeah>. like it. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, and another one that you don't have to answer if you don't want to. What, like, if you, you know, when you look ahead, like, what does, what does the ideal relationship look like to you? Or do you know oh, yet? Interesting. Or like, have you felt if that's like, you know, morphed in any way? I'm curious. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think I tend to go with the flow a lot in my relationships. Mm-hmm. I tend to sort of, I, I'm, I'm definitely more of like, I'm good with anything. Some mm-hmm. people I think like have a very clear structure of what it is that they want in terms of their relationships and it needs to look this way or else I'm not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm more along the lines of what is something that the two of us can grow together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, one that has less conflict or that the conflict is, constructive I think is always good and that's something that my partner and I have worked on for years and I think that it's gotten to a place where that really is the case with us where conflict doesn't enter very often and when it does it's super constructive and we're able to talk critically about it love that um yeah but you know it's always I live in Los Angeles so it's like what do kids enter the picture ever or not? Mm, yeah, that's and a good question. I don't know that that'll be the oh. case. It's tough because 
we want to do so many things in in our life and yet it adding like another person to that is tough in turn like a, a human being that you have to feed and clothe yeah. not just like <laughs> another person that you would sleep with or have sex with so yeah. things along those lines i think are are tough that's a tough one yeah i think nikki and i are both team we don't really think we want kiddos yeah i i, I get that and it's it's kind of shocking i think like how many people are of that mind now and completely understandably so because it's so fucking difficult to have a kid mm -hmm. and especially like in this in this economy really <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 monogamy is hard enough in this economy totally <laughs> totally i know wait and I, that actually brings up a question for me um do y'all you know in in your book do y'all discuss like how children might affect certain relationships or none yeah. of us have children. I know, so I was curious about that. yeah, from that standpoint, we really don't try to talk about stuff that we don't know a lot about. We've mm -hmm. had some people on the show that do have kids so that we can offer that perspective as well, nice. but it's difficult. I mean, we, we've included a ton of people in the non-monogamous space within the book and they talk about, you know, it, we've asked them for quotes and so they're mm -hmm. quoted all throughout the book, which is great. Um, but kids, I mean, yeah, they, they add a whole other layer of complexity when it comes to non-monogamy for sure. But also I think I know people who have kids that so appreciate the fact that their kids know other great adults mm -hmm. and that they are, you know, accustomed to having multiple wonderful adults in their life and that the nuclear family isn't the end all be all to what a kid has to experience growing up. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, my mom was a single mom but I had my grandmother too and she mm. lived with us. And so I still mm -hmm. had two parents in essence, yeah. but I think it would have been great to have more. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that too. It's wonderful to be able to be accustomed to multiple types of people in your life as I you're agree. growing up. Yeah. No, I know. I, I feel like that's one of the topics that comes up a lot in non-monogamy yeah. like where people that, it, well, and I would say like, um, you know, a lot of the people that are like skeptical of like non-monogamous relationships with children, they're like, well, what if the children are exposed to like, you know, bad people, et cetera and, and whatnot. And so like, I, yeah, that's, that's always a topic and granted we don't have kids either. So it's yeah. not something we touch on either. Um, and I actually, we should do some episodes with some people that like remodeled love, for example. Yeah. We, we yeah. had them on for sure. And love that. Yeah. yeah I follow them that, on Instagram yeah. and love their content. And so like, yeah. it's great to see. No, and I think um, something that Jessica said on our show was just it, it is great to be able to have to like a moment to stop and set down that part of your life and be able to be away and with your other lover potentially and know that like, hey, I have people who are going to be taking care of my kids and I know that mm -hmm. and oh. I am able to do that because I am so okay with the people in my life, like metamors or other partners or whatever that can be helping to take care of my kids. And that's really nice because I think in monogamous relationships, you don't often get to set that down ever. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah, potentially it's maybe even healthier to be able to like be yourself at times and not just be an extension of this kid. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think we're all going to go back to communal living. At I mean, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I think that sounds great. Yeah. We've I joked. Yeah. Jason Dedeker and I have joked like, what if we create like the multi-amory house someday and just like everyone lives in it and I our parents and yeah. all of that. And absolutely. Yeah. I'll go visit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Please. Exactly. Y'all are welcome to like Thank go for you. it. <laughs> 
I know you mentioned the the radar tool. I'm mm-hmm. curious, especially as you know, you mentioned that you guys brought like the perspectives of some other people. Um, were there any tools that anyone like introduced you to that you guys included? So it, we did. Yes. We have a glossary in the back with mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to think it's probably at least 15 tools that are ones that we talk about on the show. And we have like a page or two on each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, we also have like a little section that says, if you want to learn more about this, go to this person's website or Love look that. up this book or find this person on Instagram, for instance. Yeah. And then we have a glossary also in the very back of all of the people that were quoted in the book and where to find them as well. So we definitely want to like give back to the community that's given so much to us yeah. in terms of putting them in our book and making sure that other people can find them as well. I I will say there's a woman, Kathy Labriola, who kind of, we took one of her tools and then retooled it. And it's called the Triforce of Communication. Mm, Um, We're big Zelda nerds. And so that's why Legend (laughs) of Zelda, we use the the Triforce. Um, But people in our community know what that is. And it's basically three different ways of communicating and that you ask for it whenever you go into potentially like a heated time when you're talking about like, I need something from you in this moment. Mm -hmm. So the first Triforce is just, I'm putting this out there. I don't need anything from you. I just want to give this off my chest. I'm just going to say this thing Mm. like, Hey, I have this thing to do today. So I may be a little bit out of it. And you may be wondering what's going on with me. It's not about you. It's just, I'm thinking about this other thing. I'm just putting it out there to the world. Love that. The second Triforce is I really want some love and some support. I don't need you to tell me what to do in this scenario, but I'm having a hard time with this and I just need some care from you. Mm-hmm. So that's the second one. And the third one is offering advice. Mm. So, Hey, I really want advice from you. I would like help with the situation. I want you to tell me like what it is that I need to be doing Um, or, you know, any if you've been in that situation before, like what is it that you did? Because I think so often we get into times where we're venting Mm -hmm. and then our partner is like, well, why don't you do this? And then you're like, and it's like, fuck you. I don't (laughs) want your (laughs) advice right now. I just want you to hold me. Yeah, please. And so we're hoping that it offers a way to do that yes. and to say to your partner compassionately, like, I'm just looking for Triforce number two right now. Love so that. I don't need I don't need you to tell me what to do, especially because a lot of people, a lot of men tend to do that. Yeah. <laughs> immediately. Yes. You, yeah. Nikki and I actually we <laughs> I was gonna say as she was saying this, I was like, we should do this. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yes. like it well and we started kind of picking up on that. Like, you know, at times we'll be like, I don't need you to give me advice. I yes. just want to get, you know, I just want to vent say and say this. this. Yeah. And we're like, okay. And then, you know, one of us is like dying to give the other advice, but then we're like, you know, holding our Love tongue because that's not, yeah. So. Well, it's good that you recognize that and that you're <laughs> able to do that already. But I think a lot of people just, they're like, well, you clearly are hurting and I want to help you. And so yeah. I'm going to give you advice. Yeah. It's not coming from a bad place, but it still yeah. may result in an argument because- you're like, listen, I didn't need that from you. Why are you doing that yeah. in this moment? So it's just a shorthand way of being yeah. able to relate to your partner. This is what I need from you in this moment. And Love sometimes that. people yeah. people don't see that. It took a while for Nicole and I to, or Nikki yeah. and I to like see that like, oh, okay, she's just telling me this. She doesn't want yeah. my three-page essay on why she should, you know, totally. not do that anymore. So, yeah. I and I also like kind of, you know, like you said, the tr- Triforce 1, 2, or 3, where you can just be like, this is, a, you know, I need Triforce 1 right now. Yep. 
I love that because like you don't have to sit there and be like, right now I just need you to listen and not do anything, and I'm just gonna say something. Da, da, da. Instead, you could just like T one. Yeah, you T2, know the you T3. know the terms, yes. and now you can just go into it and be like, okay, T one, and they're like, got it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Love that. Because sometimes I'm big you on just those need to things. get it yeah, off your exactly. chest. Yeah. yeah. And y'all, y'all also have that on your Patreon, right? Yes. Dedeker was telling me that. Yeah, so, yeah. we have a big community on Patreon. We do, which we're so unbelievably fortunate to have. But one of the things we offer with our Patreon is a Facebook and Discord community. And so that's... I don't know, 15, 1600 people at this point. Oh, wow. And they're, yeah, it's great because we're able to discuss things. Whenever people post on there, they're like, I'm looking for T1 or I'm looking for T2. Uh, and that's great I because, that's yes, because then we don't get into like this big issue on the comments <laughs> yeah. with people being like, you should have done this. And instead it's like, I, I'm, I feel for you. I've been there. That sucks. Like poor baby, you know, things along those lines. Yeah. And it's great. It it adds it's super important. <laughs> yes. And then we don't have to have a community that's like combative. Instead, yeah. really mostly it's totally lovely. And it's Aww. a great place to hang out and be. So oh, we need to join. Oh yeah. <laughs> we need to join. B, I we should start our a Discord for our Yeah. I'm new to Discord. I I joined Jace a Discord. Is the Discord yeah, yeah. person. So oh, really? right now we'll ask I'm him about it. Yeah. Yes, definitely ask him about it because he's phenomenal at it. He's the tech person in our <laughs> of our relationship of Love this podcast, that. baby. Yeah, for sure. So. Who does the editing? I'm curious. I, I actually now am going to be the editor. Oh nice. Yeah. Okay. We've had an editor for a while, but I'm learning to do it and it's been a really fun journey. So uh, the last Final Cup, Adobe, which one are you using? I, I'm actually using it's a company called Descript. Oh. And so it does video editing as well, but it's great because it like transcribes the entire episode. So you see it, yeah, written out and that makes it really easy to go back if if you're like, oh fuck, uh, I just, it, it, let me take that again. Like you can actually see it on Descript uh -huh. and then you can just get rid of it. You can just delete it. It's so great. That's interesting. I yeah. do our editing. I use nice. Final Cut Pro. Okay. But um, I had never heard of this. Yeah. I've only really ever heard of Final Cut in, you know, Adobe. So I was like. Yeah. I, I mean, especially for audio editing, it's a really nice yeah. way to go. Interesting. Yeah. Something to look into. You know, Definitely. Adobe. Yeah. You got five minutes. Okay. Um. Well, what was I going to say? I had one. I had an, a, something I wanted to say. Final question. I can pull up. No, 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 no. It wasn't a question. I just wanted to say, I think it's great that you have this book of tools and mm -hmm. like practical tools because i do feel like um you know a lot of times when people are wanting advice or you know wanting in just to know how to navigate an issue like they want steps that they can like follow oh totally we had a we had a listener not that long um he submitted a you know a little story that he wanted advice on and he had mentioned he was like you know nikki gave you know these practical ways to handle this problem in this previous episode and i really um, I really enjoyed that. So, and you know, then he gave us his, you know, his, um, whole story that he wanted advice on. So I think that's super important. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think I'm people glad. want steps and, you know, kind of like with that T1, T2 thing, you know, also things that they can like quickly reference so that you can like, kind of like cut to the chase rather than like sit down and like have this, like, okay, where do we want to start this? But like, instead, like you immediately just know and can identify and go into it. Totally. And I think that makes like conflict resolution so much easier. Yeah. And we have a big thing on conflict yeah. resolution as well and repair after yeah. a fight that we have yes. a, a yeah. chapter called repair shop. And yeah, we oh, go, like we take the, the relationship to the repair shop. And so 
things oh. along those lines. A lot of things are acronyms because we're nerds and yeah, no, we have, I love that. like radar yeah. is an acronym and yeah, repair shop and all of those things. So cute. Yeah, yeah, I hope a lot of people get value out of it. And again, regardless of whether or not you're in a monogamous, non-monogamous mm-hmm. or friends or family, you can use it. Well, um, and I guess one of my final questions is, you know, y'all have been doing the pod for a while. How do you see it, you know, continuing? Gosh, yeah. Yeah. I know you guys have this book coming out now, but like, you know, in terms of the pod, any what's, what's next? next? TV yeah. show? <laughs> that would be really cool. And it's funny because we we have been courted by people to do a show, but usually they want us. They're like, oh, you guys are a triad. And we're like, no, actually, mm. we're not. And then they're not interested anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it's not, and we're not, I guess, exciting enough because we're just three friends doing a podcast. But I don't know. I, I would love to do more speaking engagements for sure. Um, that would be great. Find more ways, you know, to bring the information to other communities. Have you it, guys done live shows? We have, okay. yeah. In 2018, we did a 10-city tour in two weeks, which I don't recommend, everyone. <laughs> no. It was nuts. That sounds miserable. It was extremely challenging and also really fun. Okay. Um, but you're on a plane every other day and flying, like, all over the country, and it was nuts. It was wow. just, it was a lot. So I we probably won't do something like that again immediately unless we, I don't know, find that we just have to do that, but hopefully more live shows. That would be great. More ways to discuss all of this information with our Patreon members and with our Facebook group and stuff like that. And maybe classes at some point, that would be really fun. I was going to say for y'all, I really picture like workshops. Yes. Workshops, classes, absolutely. All of those things. Cause it is more of an education based podcast. Mm -hmm. So I think all of those would be really fun. So hopefully just continuing to grow yeah. as we almost are at a decade of doing this. It's so nuts. Y'all y'all are doing great. No, Thank you do you. phenomenal. Like I said, every time I went on Reddit, everyone had nothing but phenomenal things That's to say really about kind. you guys. I appreciate so it. I was all I always emulated y'all in the non monogamy Well, I know I say non monogamy but you guys also cover a variety of relationships, but you know, I think uh just because you guys all three have experience in that and yeah. you know um, you offer the variety of perspectives. Yeah, everyone always loved it. So yeah, I think you guys do a phenomenal job. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Well, plug yourself. Yeah. Tell, tell our listeners where they can find you, Dedeker, Jace, where they can find the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, let us know. Stuff. We can throw, I don't know when this episode is releasing, if it's before or after, we can throw a link where they can like maybe yes. go if they want to like pre-order or whatever. Yeah. And Absolutely. It'll during, right around that time. So. Right around oh, that, is it right that time. Around oh, that's time? excellent. Okay, okay great. Yeah, you can go to multiamory.com slash book mm-hmm. and find all of our pre-order information on there for the book. Uh, it's available on Amazon now. And yeah, definitely go and check all of that out. Uh, additionally, you can find us at multiamory underscore podcast on Instagram, mm-hmm. at multiamory on Twitter. And then we're on Facebook at multiamory as well. I am at M Sotelo, S-O-T-E-L-O. Uh, EM. So yeah, in all of those places, but yeah, just Google multi and you'll definitely find us. Yeah. 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 You'll find, I, I, y'all are very Googleable. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. The <laughs> other day I Googled myself and I was like, Oh, there's, there's an article. The cool did. I forgot that I did a couple weeks ago. So yeah, yeah a lot of things on there for sure. I need to Google. 
I was thinking yeah, about yeah. when you were saying, you know, you guys do the educational approach. I remember when we first started the pod, we kind of definitely took a very educational approach. And now I feel like people just like listening to us fight. And <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. I know, like when we're giving advice to people like, you know, Kami's like trying to read and I'm like, just get to the point. <laughs> and it's just so funny. But like, you know, it's just funny how every pod evolves. And like, I love to see it. But yeah, you guys are doing phenomenal. And I can't wait to read the book. Thank yeah, you. So, yeah, very excited. I, I want to sign copies. So oh, like, absolutely. Same. Oh, my gosh. We'll copy. just send you yeah. all some copies for Perfect. sure. No, no, I want to order one. And then oh, well, thank you. Copy. Yes. No, we definitely, <laughs> definitely will sign it for you. No problem. We're having, I think, a book release party in LA sometime the last week of May. Oh, So right. we'll definitely let you know about it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then please, listener, come as well. It'll be on all the socials. Oh, oh awesome. And we'll share yeah. it on our pod as well for Thank all of our, you. our listeners. Yeah. yeah. Thank awesome. you so much. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. And don't forget, wear condoms. We love y'all. And you can find us at DoubleTeamPodcast.com. You know where to find us. Yeah. Or at Cammy yeah. Nikki. Yeah, yeah. All links in the episode description. So, yeah.